Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Japan Catch Up. Uh, I am Jibo. I've been in the background before, but now I am on screen for the first time. Uh, we've got Kumi, as usual, our resident Japanese expert. And then we have Alan in the background. Hello, hello, hello. Greetings and konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. <laughs> So before we jump into the news topics of the week, we will start with our uh, well, weekly bit of grammar from Kumi. So Kumi, what are we learning today? Yeah, today, Kumi is in AgriFoodie, will introduce new vocabulary. Pochita. 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 Yes. Yeah. Good repeat. And, uh, Sounds like a Pokemon character. Yeah, very cute sounds. Uh, cute sounds worse. That means dangerous. Um, I will say, I will use this word like this. Kino uh, PlayStation 4 Pochita. Kino PlayStation 4 Pochita. Which means just Pochita, uh, simply meaning is perch online. Mm. Oh, like, hmm. like pressing the buy button on Yes. Pochi uh, is onomatope. Pochi is sounds of a button or switch being pressed. Oh. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, this is a mouse, computer mouse. When you press the Amazon cart button, it makes more noise. Pochi. And then your money will be gone easily. Mm. So the, the feeling is want to make this sounds casual, even I bought something expensive like PS4. Mm -hmm. I just put it that. Not so huge money. So it's casual. You can say you bought something online casually. Mm. Lacking okay. guilty, I think. Mm. Put it that. So I can say I put it the 64 packs of popcorn on Amazon. <laughs> That's, that's a fact, actually. Yeah, that's good. It was only available in bulk, so. Yeah. yeah. That's going to happen that... in the supermarket in Japan, not like Costco. Is it normally used in past tense only? So, like, can you say pochiru? Yes, yes, you can use like this. Um, or there is a verb form with uh, finish with chatta. Mm -hmm. For example, pochitchatta. Mm -hmm. It's past tense, but chat sounds including small guilty and uh, makes the sounds it happened accidentally. I don't know what like, has happened, but uh, I wanted to do, I didn't want it to do, but finally it's happened, something like that. So if yeah. you say pochitchatta, like, oops, I accidentally bought yeah. a PlayStation 4 and Nintendo <laughs> Switch and 54 figurines. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> what? Hold on. <laughs> I bought my PlayStation 4 years ago. I bought my PlayStation 4. I'm not, I'm not directing oh. it to anyone. Oh, I'm really? I'm up on Kumi's PlayStation 4. You know, she talked about the PlayStation 4, so I just added a few things to the part. Right. Okay. Um, Dangerous sync to use. <laughs> Uh, I had another question though. Mm -hmm. uh, is it something, this is a weird question, but is it something like older people can say to younger people who are, who stay in their room playing online games, although like mm -hmm. games on the computer, like, 
Is it, could I, could I say like, ah, nanka, nanka hair de pochitte? Chigao. No. Oh, my connection's bad. Hold on. Maybe you do it with type of once. Yeah, sounds like it's done or let's do it once. Like it. Oh, okay. One and done. Yeah. Okay. It's the action, boat, or mm. buy, not like uh, robbing a lounge e-shop or Amazon searching. Mm. Not like shopping, action uh, of uh, purchased. So maybe uh, it won't be used like you said. Mm. Mm. So just one time. One time. The action advice. Okay. okay. So be careful in quarantine life. Make sure don't put it too much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, speaking of coronavirus, as we hop into the news, um, uh, a lot of the news is about coronavirus. So in our coronavirus corner today, uh, just an update on the numbers. I think Japan has around 16,000 cases at the moment. But the number of cases, new new cases per day, is steadily dropping. So I think at the last count, uh, Tokyo had only five new cases, and Osaka had zero new cases, as long um, as well as Kyoto too, and a couple of other uh, prefectures. So the infection rates are going down, despite Japan's very lax lockdown. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, Tokyo is still under the emergency statement. But more than thirty prefecture uh, start have a regular life, like, going back to regular life cycle. So finally, I could hear some better news from Japan. Yeah. Mm. Have you been doing any baking, Kumi? Mm, no. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> mm -hmm. I I'm stuck in a tiny tiny apartment which doesn't have a good kitchen so i'm i don't have a, that chance no baking but a lot of people have been uh using their time to bake haven't they uh yes um well there is a, a sick uh, flower shortage in supermarket and in many supermarkets because people want to have a luxury quarantine time like a baking uh, baking bread not only bread some people baking cookies a cake mm. Mm -hmm. then i've read about news uh, the cooking recipe site uh, got a, a huge number of visitor on that website you know that because yeah lots of people accessing that recipe website to bake a bread or something <laughs> yeah Wow. In America, too, I feel like everyone's uh, trying out new baking recipes and um, taking this time, not just baking, but like trying to cook new things. I made poutine yesterday, so. <laughs> Pudding? Poutine. 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 It's a Canadian dish. Yeah, poutine. Oh, you, you've been in Canada, haven't you, Kumi? Yes, poutine. Yeah, poutine. I'm wondering, you can call poutine is cooking. <laughs> is that is there any 
special skill to well, know yeah. so something? Fries, for sure. I had to <laughs> cut the potatoes. So everything's from scratch. We didn't like get like frozen french fries. Okay. Potatoes, boiled them, and then double fried the potatoes so that they were oh, soft okay. in, in the middle and then like crunchy on the outside. And then I made the gravy from scratch. Uh, gravy from scratch? From scratch. Wow, great. And it was good oh, too. Italy. Yeah, I didn't know that anything about French fries. <laughs> I didn't just buy French fries and import <laughs> on them. No, no, it, it was good. So yeah, I mean, everybody, yeah, everybody's uh, trying out new things. Jeeva yeah. uh, was mm -hmm. actually trying out Japanese recipes now. Yeah, 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 learning how to cook Japanese food. Basically, from what I gather, all you need for every recipe is sake, soy sauce, meeting, and sugar. Yes, yes, exactly. and then you can cook anything. <laughs> actually, yes. Everything has a slightly different percentage of condiments yeah. and show you something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, guys, can you hear me? Uh oh. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, hello. Maybe he's switching Wi-Fi's. Yeah, okay, I just switched the Wi-Fi connection. Is it better now? Yes. Well, we could hear you. Well, I could hear you the whole time. Oh, okay. All right, well, yeah. Yep, sorry for that interference. Um, moving on. <laughs> moving on. What well, were you saying? Well, people have been baking and cooking, um, and Japan is, well, they're wanting to end the state of emergency at the end of this month, um, but I think there will still be changes after that, like Mount Fuji will not be open this summer for hiking, which at is... All. At None all. None of the paths. None of the paths up to Mount Fuji will be open for yep. climbing this summer. Yes, in an attempt to um, curb, 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 curb the uh, coronavirus yeah. spread, they're closing the entire mountain. I'm wondering, uh, yeah, so, so many other things at summer will be closed as well, like, uh, mm -hmm. for example, Sumida Fire Firework Festival, that is hugest wow. one in Japan. Yeah. Uh, for me, that was understandable because it can be huge crowd along the river and yeah, even transportation yeah. train bus can be clouded along that festival area. Yeah. But at Mount Fuji, it's open area in huge nature. Mm -hmm. um, will it be really really be huge crowd, even transportation like mm -hmm. festival? I guess climbing Mount Fuji won't be like a cluster of to spread a virus. So yeah. I'm wondering why, is it just a following the society decision or there is another uh, science, scientific information or not? Yeah. I couldn't get that information though. Yeah, I, I wonder as well. Um, but I, I wonder if it's, it's like a, a thing for the government to be like, hey, 
don't even come to Japan. Like our biggest, <laughs> biggest draw, biggest natural draw that is, mm. uh, isn't even open. So don't come. Just stop you visitors know? from coming in. Yeah, altogether, because I'm sure, because for people who don't know, people who are watching this and don't know, uh, Mount Fuji is only open a few months in the year, like during the summer, um, maybe early, early autumn. No, not even then, just during the summer. So um, you can only go to the mountain without like a, like, I think you gotta have like some kind of special certification to climb it outside of those months. Um, but yeah, so like, I think it's it's a way to kind of prevent people from coming who would have come for uh, like, or who's part of their itinerary would have been like Mount Fuji. Yeah. yeah. Or like the highlight of their itinerary would have been like yeah. Mount Fuji. So, yeah. We we showed another news in previous or two previous uh, episodes, like uh, because people stopped to hanging out or fishing, not much. So now the nature situation can improve again, like I recover again. Yeah. I, I'm imagining Mount Fuji, the nature will recover a little bit of this Doesn't year. Does Mount Fuji have a lot year. of nature? Not I mean, really. Yeah. Uh, that was the problem a few years ago because actually there are so many trash and tin because of tourists to apply uh, will be a uh, to apply being Nature, nature heritage. Mm -hmm. There is a huge project to collect garbage or grow the nature again, something like that. Yeah. So maybe Mount Fuji needed to some holidays. Yeah. It's nature. First time off since 1960, I think, or around there. <laughs> wow. Is that year? Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Hmm? Oh, no, sorry. Is that year? The first year open Mount Fuji, open to Mount Fuji. I think that was the last time it was closed. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. So it hasn't. This is the first time they've closed it in what if more than fifty years. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Jibu, uh, do, do you know the the reason why they um, closed it in in nineteen sixty? Oh, I do not. Um, When's the last time it erupted? Does anyone know? Maybe I have no idea. It. I think it was a while ago. I don't mm. think it was. Um, uh, what I've learned is that was Edo, in Edo period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, seventeen oh seven was the last eruption for Mount Fuji. Oh, okay. Hmm. You know, some some studies said it will boom again in thirty years or seventy years, something like that. Ah, oh, no, we we read that news as well mm -hmm. in this podcast before. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, or even though climbers will not be climbing this summer, uh, some online daters are finding love during the coronavirus, despite not being able to move um being able to meet in person and kumi you have more information about that don't you uh, yes yes uh, 
this web, uh, this online dating company, Lily is that online dating service, actually before uh, the coronavirus attacked Japan. But interesting fact is there are only 10 to 20 people to join that service before this situation. But now more than uh, 400 people uh, joined that uh, dating party uh, since, you know, uh, mm -hmm. 1st of May or only this month, along this month. So I, I actually, I also had a biased image, image about dating online or meet, uh, find someone to date on online. But mm -hmm. uh, maybe this company and this situation will change people's mind dating on online is normal mm. anymore. I mean, I think a lot of things um, that are now moving to online platforms mean it's going to become more normal, maybe just because now people know it's actually possible. Um, and there's less of a stigma attached to doing things online. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's something that will come out of all of this. Sorry, stigma? Like a, a, a negative view of something. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 yeah, that's our English word for the day: stigma. <laughs> um. Well, the news said, the news I found said uh, a lot of people that you said uh, there's not different seeing face to uh, between uh, sorry seeing the new people face to face. So it's not like casual dating. Mm. online video chat they are seriously looking for partner to get married uh, mm. uh, so wait so it's like omiyai yes yes something like that mm. okay wow oh that's, well, that's it's good to, yeah. good side of omiyai people are serious to use this app yeah another good side from uh, dating app like more casual don't mm. need to uh, usually people wear nice clothes and sometimes bring parents or miyai. Yeah. But uh, in this case, it compromised these two good points. Yeah. Mm. Mm, I think we've just found our question, culture question for the next episode is what is omiyai? Because like it's such a really interesting part of Japanese culture. Um, that would be interesting to share with everybody. So look forward to that next time. Omiyai. I mean, it's interesting that, you know, one aspect of Japanese culture that is still quite traditional in one respect has been able to adapt to the mm -hmm. 21st century and shift things online, where mm -hmm. there are a number of other things in Japan that basically exist in the 1900s and mm. <laughs> refuse to change procedure or protocol to make it more um, 21st century friendly mm. um, like the fax machine perhaps oh my, <laughs> oh my god i can't tell you how many times somebody has asked me to either fax them something here in japan or what my fax number is. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so confused. Like, what fax? Send me well, an email. Just scan it. Scan it and send it to me. <laughs> Take a picture of it. 
text it to me. You have so many options nowadays. Ooh, fax it to me. What? Huh? Well, society getting smarter uh, in strange way. We can rent or we can temporarily lend fax uh, to send a fax or to copy wow. or something. You can temporarily rent a fax machine. Yeah, maybe we can we can upload a PDF file from smartphone and then get internet number oh, code or something and then go into your convenience store and press the number of that data uh, and the fax machine sends fax. Where you could just, just where you could just uh, you could just scan it on your iPhone and then <laughs> send it as an email attachment. Yeah. But I mean, that's uh, even with the coronavirus, even with the coronavirus here, hospitals have to report coronavirus cases via fax, which a lot of, or some hospitals at least, are complaining about um, because you had, I mean, apparently most businesses in Japan have a fax machine. And one in three individuals have a fax machine. But I, I find those statistics hard to believe. That, that's even ridiculous. Sounds, sounds ridiculous to me, too. Um, it's understandable some vegetable shop or flower shop still using fax because my, maybe that kind of business doesn't need computer except mm. the yeah. fact receiving order. Yeah. The government. You definitely use computers a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then you have the money. You have the money. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. ridiculous. I, I, I was shocked. I, I knew Fox's old culture or all the technology, but since I used to work uh, restaurant or small ramen shop when I was a young teenager as a part-time job, so I saw a lot of fax culture, like order food or order ingredients by fax. So for me, fax is old, but still familiar. So mm -hmm. I didn't expect that um, other countries' people's reaction like this. <laughs> yeah. I thought this is borderline. If I saw someone using Galapagos-style uh, cell phone like this, Oh, I, would yeah. yes. I would be shocked, but I, I, I don't say you should change it, but for you too, fax sounds like, using fax doesn't sound like this. Sounds like we need to change, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's I mean, really interesting though, because like when you put it that way, um, I wonder if people in Japan are consciously like, oh, I only want to use a fax machine because I don't want to get too high tech. Cause like in America, there's a movement for people to go back to dumb phones, like the like the garake that um, Kumi was just showing us, like flip phones, uh, because they don't want like a million, you know, like it's too distracting sometimes to have a smartphone. I wonder if like people are, are like, you know, I don't want a laptop. I want to put this, scan this piece of paper in this machine and push the numbers <laughs> and have it go where I want it to go. It is, it is kind of, kind of freeing, you know, like, oh, just, yes, yeah, put the paper yeah, in it be done. But the quality of faxes, I mean, you used to have a fax machine as a kid, and, like, pages would be skewed, and you couldn't read the text, and it just, like, it didn't even look professional. I'm <laughs> yeah, sure, I'm I sure there has to be, like, better fax machines now. 
inks in the photo, uh, sorry, inks in form machine isn't cheap, I think, anymore. Is it ink or is it like, uh, what is uh, it? Yeah. Uh, how can I say Where it burns into the paper? Like a tape uh, using heat to yeah. burn it. Out. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think it's uh, eternal thing. Sometimes you need to change. Yeah, yeah. It costs for users. So, uh, well, yeah. it doesn't make sense like a movement of using a dumb phone. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not it's ridiculous. I, I think, mean, especially, sorry, especially big company uh, being lazy to change system, which is already work well. Yeah. Work well, I call it. Um, uh, you know, if change the machine, they also need to change other huge things, like a process, like when, when the uh, responsibility person puts the stamp as well, like, like yeah. something yeah organize the process yeah i need to change yeah yeah mm. yeah it's i get like that the effort of getting everyone in the company up to speed or on changing yeah. the procedure um i mean well there is someone in japan who definitely does not want to go back to boomer era technology um and those sorts of uh pieces of equipment or electronics is a Japanese teenager who is crowdfunding to uh, basically place, mm, file a lawsuit against the local government against the limits that they place on video games for teenagers. Okay, so what's, how many hours, what are the limits for kids playing video games? I think this, so this is in Kagawa prefecture. I'm not sure if it's the same for every prefecture. Um, but I think it's during the week, like limited to 90 minutes a day. Okay. Um, and oh, wait, wait, wait. I think it's an hour a day. An hour a day? Hour a day during the week. And then 90 minutes a day during school holidays. Oh, I'm assuming I'm assuming that um, that includes weekends. I'm not sure. Um, and then it also suggests that children aged between 12 and 5 should not be allowed to use smartphones after 9 p.m. Um, and uh, hold on. And then that limit is stretched to 10 p.m. for kids between 15 and 18. That's huge problem for. Uh player of Animal Crossing because Animal <laughs> Crossing has a different event each time. <laughs> I'm happy I'm already adult. But... Yeah. So wait, he's, what is he, is he taking legal action? Well, he's crowdfunding to get enough money in order to take legal action. Oh. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to play all the time. We'll just have no limits placed on video game time. Yeah, oh. that's Hold on, I'm trying to find it. Way to control children. And then who's going to report if children played over time? It sounds oh, like the parents. Parents. <laughs> parents. What kind of parents report their children as cr criminal? Not criminal, but bad kids. You know. 
our our daughter playing Animal Crossing over ten uh, after ten p.m. Yeah. You know what they can do? It's ridiculous. Yeah. But I mean, I I do think that a lot of screen time is kind of negative um, yeah. for kids. So I I do think there needs to be some limit. Um, but government enforced limit though. I mean, mm -hmm. I think that's, that should probably be a household household thing. You know, like yeah, yeah yes, that's, that's a bit excessive. Well, um, I think a more helpful way is. You know, government held some conference how to make a limit to play video game in the house, how to educate children. Yeah. Uh, that kind of conference, advice for parents not to control children. Yeah. yeah. I mean, th this is also assuming that the parents actually care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of, Whoa. Yeah. Well, one funny thing I've heard is some other people not children not a kid uh against this role as well and then they send a fax <laughs> <laughs> to this city office or something well the city office probably doesn't have an email so <laughs> <laughs> they had to go borrow a fax machine or go to 7-eleven to fax <laughs> Wow, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> but I have a couple quotes real quick from the kid. Yeah. Um, he said, how long children are allowed to play games or use a smartphone should be rules set by each family, not by the government. Um, and then he also said, I thought it was wrong that an administrative body intervenes in family life and their the limits have no scientific evidence, and they're based on the premise that gaming is the cause of things like truancy and addiction to games. So um, he's got some pretty good arguments for a kid. Think, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For how old is he? Seventeen, I think. Well, he can almost play whenever he wants. When yeah, he wait, good. no, is it twenty or is it eighteen? What's when? How long do the limits? Uh, eighteen, I believe. Eighteen, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so he had another year, but you know how many good games are coming out in 2020? He's got to, <laughs> he wants to take advantage of it now. You can't wait. And I've learned so many good things from gamers, well, like move hard or efficiency, or <laughs> well, maybe determined to resist brain game as well. To yeah. brain game. Yeah. So, um, poor guy. Oh, and I mean, yeah, he does have some good points, though. Maybe the government should have guidelines, but not, like, enforce them. So if you want to follow them, then, you know, it's the parents' prerogative to decide if they want to adhere to those limits. Yeah. 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 We, 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 should, we should follow this boy's action, what's going to happen next when he got to Yeah. Marry. We can do or maybe maybe we can help him <laughs> no we i want to help him to pray to uh, to let kids play video games we can sign his petition yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah well another thing another good thing um that's happening right now in japan or at least for the month of april is that the suicide rate has fallen um 
so it's this April, it was 20% lower than it was last April. And some people are suggesting that it's because um, people are able to stay at home more. Um, or, and that a lot of the things around the new year, which is in April and work starts and school starts, a lot of those things have been postponed. So there's been less stress um, around in general. So yeah, yeah fewer yeah. suicides. Yeah. I expect that lots of people, you know, will be in stress. Even it can be caused to suicide, like can't get job anymore. Yeah. Or, uh, uh, feel anxious to continue, continue this life. But uh, actually opposite thing happened. And also we mentioned there is not enough helping center for the victims of uh, domestic virus and something. Yeah, actually, I think is th there are still problem, but uh, the number of people feel better is more than that kind of victims. That yeah. is a result. Say, um, yeah. is, is a result as a result. Yeah. yeah. And also, um, people aren't commuting to work, and I feel like you know, depending on how long your commute is it can be quite depressing to spend an hour or two commuting back um, to and from work every day. Yes. So maybe that's also made people well, just less depressed. Yeah. And especially like the, the commute in Tokyo specifically for the people who are living in Tokyo. Like I would want to kill myself if I had to do that every day. It's not to make, <laughs> fun of the people um suicide but like yeah it's terrible in the mornings it's like yeah. you're you're just shoulder to shoulder like uh oof, oof, oof. i i get anxiety thinking about riding the train in tokyo during like um uh peak, peak uh, travel times so but do you think that having statistics like that and having people complain about you know using incomes or fax machines do you think that will be enough for the Japanese government to actually change things or for businesses to institute new rules like allowing people to work from home or flex flexible work schedules and keeping that or do you think Japan will continue to adhere to its protocols and policies and refuse to make any long-term changes. I think... Oh, sorry. You sorry, go Alan, go ahead. No, 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 no. no. Oh, yes, a quick mention, uh, I will mention, there will be huge gaps. Some company which have that kind of idea, uh, can, we can work online, will go in ahead quite faster. Even some company already start to build up the security internet service for each employee. Mm. Uh, on the other hand, some people want anything, want, want to go back to usual normal yeah. Japanese working style. So it will be uh, extreme two way to work. Yeah. That's my mention. Yeah. I, there was a poll for the US, I'm not sure about Japan, but like there's some people who actually want to go back to work. Like they don't want to work from home. Um, mm -hmm. I think there might be a couple factors 
that play a part in that. Like one is everybody's at home right now. Mm. So maybe they don't want to be home because, you know, the, the kids are at home. We got maybe some in-laws. I don't know. But like everyone being there may, may make people want to be want to go back to work. Um, and then, uh, oh, shoot, lost my train of thought. Well, there's no, it's like work and leisure happen at the same place. There's no yeah. separation. Of, unless you maybe have an office that you only use for work, there's no separation of leisure and work, which can make yeah. you make it difficult to switch off. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. So if people can have a huge apartment, everyone want to walk at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah. yeah maybe or, uh, environments are stressful. Mm. What is that? And, uh, I, I said maybe sorry. some home environments are just stressful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a different reason. I was wondering if uh, if people outside Tokyo can understand the crowded train can be caused to stress and then finally it leads to suicide. Mm. Um, that's very extreme, sounds extreme. Like, uh, just, a, is it, sounds like, is it so relieved to not go to office by trying? Mm. Is that reason the number of suicides reduce in Japan on April? Um, Let's come back to this in one second because the, the video is going to cut off. Mm -hmm. So we'll be right back. Wondering about uh, this uh, uh, this article. Uh, it is un is it understandable the suicide the reason why the suicide reduce is uh, people don't have to go to their workplace, which means their working place can be very stressful, can be caused to the suicide. Um, and then this is not happened for minority persons. A lot of major person have a huge stress on their workplace. And then this article said because this is especially April, which means the new semester will start on mm -hmm. April in Japan usually. So uh, seeing new people or having kind of alcohol party to have held welcome party for new person on April. Is it so stressful? Even can cause to, can be called, cause of suicide. Mm. Well, for me, yes, it's understandable. So I was wondering about your opinion. Um, I mean, I know the work, the work environment in Japan is generally quite intense and mm. stressful, and maybe going into a new job knowing that you're entering into that stressful environment is something that will you know cause more stress um yeah so i mean i can see how it might affect people i mean obviously not everyone because it's not like the suicide rate is down to zero it's just lower mm -hmm. so you know there are still a lot of other factors that are depressing people but maybe because of this whole working at home thing, um, it's affecting the people uh, where that stress would have caused them to commit suicide. Yeah. Yeah, basically, yeah, I think it's work related either way. So whether it's the commute 
or the environment where you're expected to work overtime with no extra pay Mm -hmm. or you know what I mean or like maybe like the relationships within the office when you Mm -hmm. work in a Japanese company how um, uh, those can be quite stressful as well like it's a lot of different things that add up to uh, just a generally stressful situation well I mean Twitter though they what Alan you were saying they're letting their employees work from home forever definitely yeah so that's just it now so (laughs) Twitter employees don't have to go into an office anymore Twitter is wherever you want it to be the Twitter office (laughs) much much. that's that is really cool yeah yeah like you mentioned, some people want to go to office. I'm wondering if there are any other option they can they can take, mm-hmm. or if they let uh, let them to walk outside the office. Do they give do they give them good internet facility or a laptop yeah. computer or something like that? Like you know, for. Mm, I just... I'm pretty sure they'll give them the option. Like, hey, you can work here, you can work. Because a lot of tech companies have been doing this for a long time anyways, yeah. where there isn't necessarily like, uh, you know, you have to work from nine to five. It's just yeah. make sure that this task is done. And then um, I've had the pleasure of visiting um, the Facebook campus in California. It's amazing. Like people, if you want to go to work. <laughs> they have like tons of different restaurants on and you get to eat at each of them for free um and then like the workspaces themselves are just really really cool it's just there's so much cool shit there that you would want to go to work like you would look forward to go, to being there yeah so um for places like that i can i can understand um uh what was i gonna say people not people wanting to go to work mm-hmm. yeah even compared to their house yeah of course, yeah mm. yep well what's next you well i think that's the news topics for today so we're going to move on to some japanese culture um mm. and kumi so a lot of uh, when a lot of visitors come to japan they'll obviously go to a lot of temples and shrines because that's part of the culture um but we get a lot of questions about how to tell the difference between a shrine and a temple. Uh, so would you be able to explain some of those differences? Yeah, uh, I can, I, I'd love to tell the brief, brief, basic thing, bit, a difference between them. Uh, so this time I will talking about different on the rooking, the uh, temples rooking and shrine rooking. Uh, maybe first huge difference is the gate. If you find the gate, uh, gate design uh, consists two pillars and a two or one horizontal layer on these two pillars, the simple structure of gate. If you can find that, uh, this is it. This is shrine. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, if you see the huge pillar which usually made of wood with tiled huge roof massive design 
and with my uh, with my uh, temple. Mm. And um, another looking different is this roof. If the building has clay tile temple, this is temple. Uh, sorry, clay clay tiled roof. This is temple. Usually, shrine's roof is covered by thatch or uh, bark, mm. something nature materials. Mm. Uh, because in shrine idea, uh, Shintoism, Shintoism idea, uh, people thought we sh we shouldn't put on earth on the god. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, okay, so yeah. clay tile is made of soil, right? Um, yeah. People thought this is off, and that God should be live on the sky. So <laughs> people thought, don't put us on the on the yeah. God, something like that. So um, gate and roof is a big big difference. And so shrine is and Shinto, and temple is Buddhist. Oh yes. True, it's correct. Okay. Then uh, another point maybe if tourists can enjoy the difference between temple and shrine is these guardians. Beside the gate, usually there are guardians which protect a divine area. The temple's guardian is called Kongo Rikishizo, which means, uh, uh, which look like two massive muscle man statute mm -hmm. so it's obviously a uh, temple um, it's looked like hu huge human uh, this is actually buddhism one of the buddhism gods though it look like mm -hmm. human space human body mm -hmm. uh, at the shrine you can find uh, two two creatures look like lion or a dog yeah so I, so this time I would like to show you the Komaino pictures. Mm -hmm. You mind to, would you mind I share the screen? Mm. Yeah, go ahead. And then for podcast audience, Alan and Jibua describe how does it, how does it look like? Oh, mm. sorry, I had a mistake. Oh, okay. So. Oh, whoops. Uh, okay. Oh, wait, oh, there you go. Um, yeah. So this is Komainu, a Shrine's Guardian's one. Mm -hmm. uh, originally, it was lion. Mm -hmm. And then the lion will, uh, the lion guards the kind of divine area or king's area idea it come from Indy. And this idea came to Japan through, uh, through China. Mm -hmm. China, is very uh, ancient China has a very creative mind. They are good at emerging mythological creature. Then lion become this looking. Mm. And looks like a dragon lion. Like the top half looks like a Chinese uh. dragon, and then it's got paws mm. Ooh, and some nails. Okay, so those, so the the lion, dog slash dragon looking ones are the guardians for shrines. 
Yes, and uh, th this is original coma, you know. But yes. there was a movement to uh, offer stone sculpture for shrines from people in Edo period. Like there, there was there were lots of stone carving artists in Edo period, and then they created they they carved komainu uh, komainu statues komainu sculpture without knowing how they looked like. Mm. Just listened, like you said, like Jigwa yeah. said, komainu is dragon. Look like uh, look like a lion. The name is Komainu. Uh, in Japanese koma language, Komainu means dog. So, what does the Koma part mean in Komainu? Um, good point. Good question. <laughs> that will be my homework. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the the kanji character for it? Or? Yes. Yes. Uh, I can light it, uh, but I don't know how, what it, what is this. It's mm. like a animal part on the left side, animal meaning part. And the light side is white. Mm -hmm. So white sure. like shiro. Shiro, yes. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. No, that'd be interesting to know for sure. Apparently, koma is archaic part of Korea or lion dog. But uh, it's already means lion dog. So Komainu means lion dog dog. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> so sixty six six in this name, sixty six percent of name meaning is dog and seventy three percent is lion. So uh, the stone carving artist in other periods, people, uh, stone carving artists in other periods created a lot of different design Komainu because they don't know what is mm. what's Komainu. Mm. So if I want to suggest the tourists will be will come Japan looking for Komainu design and then can I show a few mm. uh, good Komainu. This is coolest one. Now I'm showing the next one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's an obese cat with a bowl cut and a beard. <laughs> you know what, though? I can see why a Japanese person would carve a lion to look like this. It looks like either like uh, Akita-ken or... Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Hokkaido-ken, like a uh, Hokkaido breed of dog, or yeah. or like a Shiba, Shiba Inu. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, but like a grizzly looking Shiba Inu. <laughs> and then, um, uh, maybe if someone told the artist, artist, the dog has a hair around its head, maybe this is the reason it has a weird hair on its top. <laughs> it's a, sure. a hairstyle, not a mane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next one. Uh, <laughs> That's very abstract. <laughs> <laughs> so it now it's even it doesn't look like a dog anymore. Wait, it oh. looks like you know those Aztec or um, Native American like totem pole faces. Oh, 
It yeah, if like I saw that. only head part, even I can yeah. say it's look like a moai. Moai. Mm. It definitely looks human. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, even the back legs, it doesn't look like it looks like someone's just bent on the ground, right? Yeah, yeah begging something. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what shrine? I would love to know. Do you know what shrine this is that has this? Uh, not this time, but okay. I will research it and uh, maybe I can collect it. Funny, combine it. Because I know some shrines have like specific or like um, weird guardians yes. based off of what deity uh, resides in the shrine. Like um, some have dragons, some have like uh, weird creatures. Um, I, I know most Inadi shrines have foxes. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, I would love to know what shrine that is. Cause that, that is definitely a human trans. He's like <laughs> transforming <laughs> into something. I don't know what. A former Inu werewolf. <laughs> a were, a were Shiba cameras. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, okay, that is, uh, I would like to show you last one. Uh, sorry, uh, two more. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's an otter. <laughs> Angry otter, isn't it? But yeah. it's, it's Busaika Kawaii. Busaika Kawaii. Yeah, Busakawa. Yeah, Busakawa. 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 Yeah, it's adorable, uh, but not beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a nose ring too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure if it's nose ring or just having some booger. It's <laughs> 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 an ancient booger. His nose. No, it's it's protect protects divine area. Protects <laughs> <laughs> the booger. The, the last one looked like very welcome, even evils. It's smiling. Oh wow! That that has to be Okinawa or somewhere in Kyushu or down there. It looks like uh, Shisa, isn't it? Shisa, is it? another type of kombainu design zog. Oh, and the one in Okinawa. Okinawa's one, yeah. Yeah. It looks like Appa from The Last Airbender. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it kind of does a little bit, but his mane is more. Oh, you know what? Zoom in on his forehead, uh, uh, Kumi. Can you zoom in on his forehead? He even has the arrow from Appa's. <laughs> He's got Appa's arrow. Wow. It's an, it's an anime called my. <laughs> so, this is an airbending shrine right here <laughs> no, no. so yeah sorry for podcast audience please this time come to the youtube channel as well yeah a very, very also check out the article um, yep on our yep. website that details the differences between temples and shrines so when you come to japan it makes a uh, looking at you know, all the temples and shrines a little bit more interesting because um, yeah. it does get repetitive after a while. So learning what the differences are does make for more fun exploring. The link will be attached on description box. Uh, yeah. yeah and just to repeat what G will say, because that is extremely important, like having guided tons of tours, 
people get tired of seeing like, okay, another shrine, another temple. But if you mm. actually know a little bit of um, the history behind Shintoism and, and uh, Buddhism, then it becomes something that's actually quite fascinating. And then if you also have a little bit of knowledge about which deity uh, resides at that shrine, then then it becomes like, oh, wow, okay, that's that's actually really, really, I've, I've had people cry on tour when they when they figured out or when um when it was the history of that of a shrine was being explained to them because they were just like they were really moved so yeah just knowing the history reading the article on our um website helps out a lot in uh, appreciating these things um and then so we have a new segment can i move on to this Jibor? or yeah we have a new segment today that we're going to be introducing and we're going to do this every week. I actually have two new segments. I didn't even tell Jiwoo about the second one because I just thought about it during this podcast. <laughs> but um, the first one is every week we would like to give away something from Japan to our listeners um, for or just anything like something related to Japan. So it might be like a, a figurine. It might be a, a, a food item it might be it could be anything just whatever we find interesting during that week that we would like to give away to our audience so for this week um i don't know how many people will be interested in this but our giveaway <laughs> it's wasabi doritos have you had these kumi no it's my first time even well, so Japan's so arrogant. It's a Japan Doritos on the yeah. package. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Exclusive to Japan wasabi Doritos. You definitely it's want to try these. Actually, wasabi shoyu. Oh, wasabi like, shoyu. Yeah. Is that shoyu? Let me see it again. Make sure before I say it wrong. Yeah, that's shoyu. So wasabi okay. soy sauce flavored Doritos. For whoever wants them, you just have to comment in the YouTube section saying, hey, give me the Doritos, and then we'll choose. How many are we giving away? Well, I actually tried to find a second bag. I cannot find another bag of these. Really? I found them at Mini Stop, um, and then I went back the next day to try to get another bag, and pff, nope, not there. So first come, first serve. Uh, we so will this choose is possibly... <laughs> Possibly the last bag of wasabi shoyu Doritos in the entire Japan. Yeah, maybe even they realized that was a mistake or something. That can be last batch. Yeah, there, you can never, you'll never see these anywhere else ever. <laughs> so um, comments in the sections, uh, in, the, in the comment section on YouTube and let us know if you want the bag and then we'll choose a random person from all the people who commented. And we'll do this every week um it may be sometimes it may be something that i just really like or jiba likes or kumi likes that we like to we want to share with you guys um something that something like that or it may be like um i don't know just it'll be something nice it'll be something cool it'll be definitely be something rare that you won't be able to find in your own home country um so yeah and then the next segment um that i wanted to do we're not gonna do it this episode but starting next episode is we might start to um, introduce uh, one place that we all like in Japan. So for people who are watching this that are, are trying to plan their own trip to Japan, you could use that information to hopefully incorporate some of the 
some of the locations that we discuss on the podcast into your own itinerary. I mean, we are a trip planning service or tour planning company, you know, so if you wanted our services, that's, that's great too. But I know that there are a lot of people who are trying to save money um, and just want information. So yeah, we'll introduce places as we go along um, per, per episode. Yes, so to help you guys with your own planning. I just really um, can't wait to share the lair thing from Japan. I am, I am very excited to yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah, cool. hopefully people will... This makes me... say, say it again, Kumi. Uh, please wait till next episode to come up. Oh, okay, okay. Perfect. <laughs> okay, then um, I think then we could wrap it up then for this episode, right? Yep, yep. So that is it for our news uh, and cultural tidbits today. We'll be back next week with some more of what is happening in Japan. Uh, you can find us on YouTube and all of the major podcasting platforms. Uh, so subscribe to hear from us every week. We'll be starting the travel tips next week uh, for when people are actually allowed to travel again. Uh, yes. Otherwise, thanks for listening and we'll see you soon. Yes. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.